You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone, welcome. It's time for episode 177 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got some vitamin D, y'all. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's at Chop Rules with a Z, everybody. Hey, man, it's nice. It was a beautiful weekend, man. Walking into them, what, 12 seconds in? Walking right into them. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> yep. My goodness. But yeah, it was it was a beautiful weekend for a change. Busy one too. Holy cow. I can I cannot uh I cannot keep up with things that need doing. That bad, huh? So much stuff to do. Man oh man. Trying to get the pool going and trying to get you know, get stuff around, done around the house. It's not easy, man. There's just not enough hours in the days, it seems. Yeah. I planted a tree today. That was kind of cool. It was like uh, right up my alley, you know? Well, good for you, John Denver. Yeah, digging a <laughs> hole. It's kind of fun. Not too complicated. <laughs> nice nice manual labor. Good God. Uh, John Denver. <laughs> Plant a tree for your tomorrow. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Corey's a simple man. I've had three. I'm sure it's a simpleton. I think it, I, didn't play, I was kind of trying to focus more on the digging of the hole. <laughs> that was oh, like yeah. the task. Not too Me complicated. Too. Me too. <laughs> Jeez. This, oh my God. I, we need to call it quits right here. Yeah, Corey nice with the vitamin project. D and digging a hole. Like these are two. Wow. And the name of the tree, it's called the White Fringe Tree. Why, why do you got to be racist, man? <laughs> it's going to be a nice tree. Leave oh, my tree alone. <laughs> Tune in next week when Corey says we've put the house up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's up? Do we have any uh, collecting updates to share? Is there anything worth sharing this week? Or should we just uh, pack it in? Now? Come on. No way. Lots to share. Lots to share. Even for you, Kyle. I have nothing to share. Ooh, but you might. Because you have, you have a cool brother. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, go <laughs> ahead, Corey. <laughs> All right. Well, first and foremost, I don't know if you talked about this last week, Kyle, but uh, the Stan Lee Funko Pop? No, it's not Star Wars, so I didn't talk about it. Oh, but it's so worthy, is it not? Come on, Stan Lee, what is it, the Patina Funko Pop? It's bronze, but sure, go on. Anyway, that, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> so, uh, you'd like this, Kyle? I, th- I think. I, I think you know what I this podcast you. is? This is like a this podcast is like a wounded duck trying to get off the ground. <laughs> oh come on! Let me have this. It's a big collecting update, man. Got a whole bunch of '90s X Men stuff. It's beautiful. There's such a sweet line. Like you'd love it, Kyle. I know you love the X Men, and hey, I picked up Weapon X and Beast. They're so sweet. And uh, 
I managed to get four LOM as well, which completes all the bounty hunters. That was actually on sale at uh, on on Walmart online for like 19 bucks, which was really odd. Luckily, I caught that in the uh, Facebook group for the Black Series Canada. And then I, uh, I pulled the trigger on Amazon on Appa, uh, Ang, and Uncle Eero. But I got two Appas, Kyle. I think once uh, you, you could do it, you, I think your kids are probably going to end up with it. But That's a horrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> Because one, one will lay claim to it, while the other cries in the corner that they didn't get one. So then, it, then it's you. Then it's yours. Oppa's the best. <laughs> yeah, then they'll eat me alive for it, and then fight each other to the death for it. Well, that could be pretty interesting. Sorry. Yeah, I think we got a whole new. That could be like a good reality television series. Anyway, yeah. Stoked to. That's it. The show is yours, Corey. The floor is yours, man. Keep it going. I'm done. I'm good. I'm good. Get me a defibrillator. Oh my god. Sorry. So I went. So after my disillusionment with uh, with Lego, uh, after the May the Fourth debacle, uh, I moseyed on over uh, to the Lego store uh, just to check out and see if they had any uh, discounted items on the some of the Star Wars stuff. And uh, I walked in and I saw my buddy Steve and uh, we were talking and I was interested. I think I had said this on a previous pod that I was interested in the the Black Ace uh, from the Resistance line, which is a tie. It's a modded tie interceptor uh, with a Griff, Halran, Paul Dameron and BB-8. And uh, it's on double points all month of May. Uh, along with the uh, 20th anniversary snow speeder, which is also on uh, uh, double points, but I already have it, so I, I, I didn't get that. So I was contemplating, and he's like, "We have a couple of the May the Fourth exclusive Hoth mini mini build, um, the one that they were giving away on May the Fourth. They still had some left over." Um, with uh, purchases over 75. So I jumped on the black ace. I got myself uh, a BB eight keychain to put me over that $75 mark. And I got my, finally got myself the 20th anniversary, um, battle of Hoth diorama with a nice. little AT AT. Uh, yeah. So I'm really, really excited about that. I'm happy. I, I was able to make a little, let's call this a redemption a little bit. Uh, for uh, for the epic epic Lego fail for uh, the online uh, garbage that I had to go through and uh, yeah so that's it that's 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 my collecting update for this week really really happy uh, with that and uh, now I'm uh, close to eighty dollars on bonus points so that's something, awesome something big is coming baby do you ha- you ha- you've got your eye on fixed on something no. I got my eyes on everything. I don't know. We're not sure. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. We'll see what's happening. All right. We'll keep an eye out for that. Um, nothing for me. I'm I'm just being bombarded with other expenses. So collecting takes a big backseat. Uh, but other important news to get to, we got we to gotta welcome a couple knights to the Commonwealth. We had a couple intro, in, in, introductees. 
Is that what, is that what the word? Inductees. Inductees. Inducti yeah, inter inductees. Yeah. So let's welcome Mr. James O'Flaherty and Mr. Mike Russo to the Knights of the Star Wars Commonwealth. Welcome, boys. Yes, indeed. Well, I'd uh, say J James has always been a part of the family, but I guess, uh, I don't know. He's, he's still going to come on this show every now and again, too, for sure. I don't yeah. know. That's funny. James got knighted before I did. That's amazing. You're a knight. That's amazing. Eh, I never got a ceremony. I'm still... <laughs> I'm still, I'm still waiting for my ceremony, and I, I, I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, but but you're a host now. Yeah, but James, I thought it was James O'Flattery. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure. Adam Sheldon, I love you, Adam Sheldon. Uh, congrats on the one year uh, anniversary. Uh, for yeah, the Retro congrats. Inc. podcast. Congrats to our friends at the Retro Inc. podcast on one year of, of good, good podcasting. Way to go, guys. Yeah, yep. Good job, Jeremy, Andy. All right. So, what, uh, 10 minutes into the podcast, maybe if we haven't shooed everybody away and scared everybody off, we can we can get into the show? <laughs> can this wounded duck, will this wounded duck get off the ground? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Send the hound into the bushes to retrieve it. Grab it by the neck. Bring this, bring this dead thing back to shore. That's it. We're done. Anyway, guys, we we hit one of those milestones in our course to a Star Wars saga film last week. Actually, it was I think Tuesday night. Uh, Joanna Robinson from Vanity Fair tweeted out a little hint about something terrific and really wonderful coming real soon. I think that's, was that what it was? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm trying to go off memory here, but the long and short of it was she was teasing a Star Wars story, the one that we've all been waiting for on Vanity Fair with the Annie Leibovitz shoot, all that stuff. And by the next morning, it was, of course, in our, tw in our Twitter timelines, dominating all these amazing pictures for us to stare and pour over. And I, I love, I love these things. I love pouring over these images. Um, it, it, again, it's one of the signposts on the journey to a Star Wars movie. So, uh, did, did this take you guys by surprise? Yeah, big time. Me for uh, anyway, even like right now, like I almost feel like the Last Jedi seemed more. Uh, there was something more to it, you know, with like everybody on the cover, and I don't know. This just kind of really came out of left field, like a probably not exactly a great time, you know. I, I wonder if Carrie's demise had anything to do with them doing four different covers, if if they wanted to center on her a bit more. Because they did that. I don't know if they're doing... Like, remember with the last one, they did also an exclusive poster. I don't know that they're doing that with this one. They might be. I have not heard. But uh, I, I wouldn't blame them if they weren't. Because I if they're like me, if people are like me, I... I Got into the subscription, got the poster, and then dropped the subscription. So you know, I, I and then they kept sending me magazines. I wasn't yeah, paying for them <laughs> for months, like maybe upwards of a year. They, I got Vanity Fair month after month, and I was like, "What am I gonna do with this?" But I wasn't paying for it, so I, I didn't complain. But yeah, I, I anyway, I love looking at these pictures. But uh, let's go through them here. I don't know that we need to spend a whole lot of time on all of them, but uh, the first one is with JJ. Uh, oh, with, can, can, I, can I just say, I, I, I found it a little awkward. 
when we're talking about the news, because you asked how the news, like, how, how do we react to the news? Sure. And I was like, um, f- for The Last Jedi, we got the title way before Celebration. Am I right or wrong about that? Last Jedi? I can't the remember title. Now. I kind of feel like we got more, like the news was more trickled out. And we had the news, and then we got the trailer, and then the Vanity Fair thing came out. When was it? It was in June or July when it came out in 2017? I don't remember. It just seemed to me as though everything was more spaced out. And this one, we got absolutely nothing until Celebration, and then bam, and now this, bam. I feel like it's going to be... Bam, bam, bam. We're going to get the Triple Force Friday. We're going to get a bunch of Lego releases at the end of September, beginning of October that are probably going to be like, I'm not going to say spoilers, but I I feel like what they're, I don't know, maybe the marketing campaign for for the Rise of Skywalker, it seems like it's going to be a lot more in your face. I think so. It's going to be everywhere. Star Wars will be everywhere. I think once we get hit back to school, early October, they're gonna they're gonna shift into overdrive, and you will not be able to turn your head ninety degrees and not get something Star Wars related. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I felt like I was a little uh, a little blind, not blindsided, but like, wow, okay, we're getting this right now. Like, re- really already? Okay, cool. Yeah, me too. I kind of felt the same way. I think it is this, around the same time. But I, I think we all just kind of fell asleep on it. it. But it was in the back of my mind because uh, I don't know if you guys saw on Instagram last week. I was actually a little bit active. I had post. I went through my boxes and I pulled out my my gigantic box of magazines and I threw all the ones out on, onto my bed with, that had to do with the Phantom Menace. So they're all you know magazines from ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. And I just took a picture of them all. But within that box was all of my Vanity Fair books. From Star, uh, with you know Star Wars related ones, and I was like, I wonder when these the next set is coming. Oh well, I guess we'll get it someday. And I just it it just kind of just left my mind just like that. Lo and behold, you know, less than a week later, we'd we'd be we'd be getting it. It was very strange timing, but uh, I will definitely take it because they are always always amazing. Uh, cool. So let's let's check out some of these images here. Yep. So we got Abrams with with uh, with Ray, and some crew off off on, off to the side. Nothing really stands out to me here. Just that Ray looks great, but it the big thing for me is is just those mountains in the background. Yeah, like we the, the, the setting in general. God, that looks that looks that looks great, man. Well, I think something they had mentioned and what's worth mentioning here is uh, the settings of this film and throughout Star Wars, like. Uh, Especially in the original trilogy, like the prequel trilogy was something different that George wanted to experiment with, which is great. But uh, being in, in the desert, they were saying that the they didn't get a lot of special shots, basically the way the sand moves and things of that nature. Like it, it pays dividends for the film in general. Like look what they did there. Like they pretty much had to build a city there to tell this story right in the middle of this place. So and that is quite challenging, obviously, to film in a desert with all that sand and all this equipment. Right. So, you know, th- they took a chance because it was worth it to them. So I'm, I'm down with these on location on set kind of things. 
Yeah. And it seems pretty evident in this article that it looks like they're really focusing on that, you know, like live, uh, a lot of props, a lot of sets, set building and stuff. Well, yeah. Fast. Uh, Oscar Isaac went kind of went off on that a little bit saying that it, it's, you know, when you have an a on location shoot, it, it feels more lived in. It's, it's easier for the actors to, to interact with. And, and it, it just takes on these imperfections that give it some, uh, some authenticity, which I think is, you know, not being an actor myself, um, makes perfect sense to me. But anyway, yeah, a good opening shot. We got JJ, we got Ray. Uh, then we get uh, Carlos's favorite. We've got uh, BB-8 with C-3PO. In his shimmering gold, he looks fantastic. But where's R2? There's been a, a, a disconcerting lack of R2 here. Anything to say about this image, guys? Not too much, other than uh, looks like what he's been talking, Anthony Daniels, anyhow. Looks like he's going to have, a, I don't know, something to do that's pretty interesting in this film. Like, uh, almost, I don't want to say it like this, but stepping up in Carrie's absence. Well, that's kind of what they've hinted at. Or, I mean, almost outright stated in in the story is that taking some of the responsibilities that, that, that Leia would have carried in this movie, maybe some of them have been shuffled over to C-3PO. You know, that he, he was kind of her droid for a while. Hmm. And, uh, you know, being one of the only original characters left, it makes sense to me. And in, in, in the whole whole aspect of, of bringing this whole saga to a close, yeah, sure, whatever, let's do it. I don't know. I'm also kind of looking at this image, and I mean, get, the guy's getting on in age, right? Like, it can't be easy. But I think three pill looks a little bigger in the in the waist area and the the groinal area. I think Anthony oh. Daniels would probably <laughs> scream in your face if you said that. I don't Carlos think is screaming in his head right at now. All. Yeah, I, Carlos I know, is weeping. What do you think? If you look at the picture, I'm I'm telling you, like it's one of the first things that I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I guess. Yeah, you, listen. After when you become 72 years old, you've you know. Hey, I'm not getting down on the guy. I'm just saying. I I didn't say you were, but uh, yeah, you you grow only one way. At a certain point in your life. So if, if 3PO has picked up uh, a few LBs or, or a few KGs here and there, you know, who's going to criticize him? Uh, next up, we got we finally get a good official look at the Knights of Ren. How long, how long have we been waiting for the Knights of Ren? Yeah, these guys are pretty sweet. I've said it before, and of course it goes without saying, but these figures are going to sell like crazy once they start hitting the pegs, especially in Black uh-huh. Series. People are going to go bananas with these figures. I, I think it's going to be one of those things where they're not actually readily available. Maybe super sought after. You think? Uh, maybe not. You know, it's about making money, so <laughs> hopefully not. But I have a feeling it's going to be like, oh, I can't get, like, two of them. No, I, th- I think they'll be fine. I think they'll all be out there. It's it's, it's not I, – I think it'll be more of a, a distribution thing. Like, it, like, that's been the problem for the last couple of years, especially for us, is that we just can't 
some stores carry some a, a good mix, others don't. So it'll just be a matter of getting lucky and hoping that you hit enough spots that you get uh, you get all six of them or seven or whatever it is. But they do look great. It's, it's, they look. They're, they're called the Elite Fearsome Enforcers of Kylo Ren's Dark Will. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I, I, got, I don't know, man. Like, with their weapons and stuff, it looks like one guy. The guy to, if you're looking at the picture to the far left, he's got this, like, gun thing kind of, like, strapped to his arm. It, I don't know. It's hard to imagine these guys as force users almost with this this blunt brutality they have in their weapons, you know? Even though I really want them to be. Like, it, it'd be odd if they didn't have lightsabers in a way and they were, like, force users. But we're really led to believe that they're these Jedi, right? And if that that's a story that gets gets forgotten, if that's like left to the wayside, like that's kind of like, eh, everybody's gonna be asking about that after. It is strange. I mean, we, I don't think we. There's been no confirmation, but yes, we we as fans have taken the, the liberty of assuming that the Knights of Ren are. Students that Kylo took from Luke's academy. Or at least but some then of JJ them. was all like. No, you want to kill Snoke? Boom. <laughs> JJ? Yeah. To Ryan. Oh. <laughs> so, Carlos, what's your take on the uh, Knights of Ren? Um, pretty cool. Uh, I'm, we don't have any clue whether they're Force users or not, and I don't like that. I kind of wanted to have a little bit more... Uh, yeah. Keep it on the DL, man. I don't know. I, I just wanted a little bit more for that, but uh, I mean, the look of them is kind of kind of cool. Um, the helmets are all the same, which is kind of weird. Not really. No, they're they're very different. They they kind of look like Kylo's helmet, don't they? Well, they're similar-ish, but they each have their own. Stank. <laughs> they, well, I think they have a similar profile, but the face masks right. vary. Yeah, they're all very different. There's one guy that I remember from early stuff in the in the Force Awakens that you know we can't see all of them very clearly here, and there's this one guy with his back turned, so that's quite interesting. And it's the same guy carrying the staff or this weapon that we see in the Mandalorian trailers as well. Like someone pointed that out on Twitter. It's like, I don't think the there's Mandalorian anything there. Trailer, or is that from solo from uh, Dryden oh, Voss's? Yes, yes, you're correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know that there's anything to take from that. I'm, I'm not going to get too worked up about that. It's cool. If they're, if they do work in some sort of, a, some sort of linkage there. Great. But, at this moment, I'm just going to look at, well, they both shopped at the same place and they both chose that particular staff. And, you know, I definitely get to see, hope we see these guys, like, I don't know, like, in action, man. Like, I don't want to see them only in this force back or whatever. No, I think we see them here where, in this desert location. These guys are going to be present on set. Did you hear that uh, Vanity Fair wrote a retraction as well about Something about Kylo, like, having a fight with them. Yeah, so yeah. somebody had asked, and the, the author said, yeah, we're... Something about, he, he had allegedly had confirmed that 
Kylo attacks the Knights of Ren and then went, whoa, 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 no, no, no. And they re- kind of re- retracted that and said, no, no, that's a mistake. But yeah, let's not, I don't, I don't, I don't even really want to talk about that because what for, you know, they, they've taken it back. I don't think fans are probably still going to go, wow, well, but he let it slip, which means it's true. And they're just taking it back to save face now. So I'd rather just let that one slide. But yeah, so when the, you know the, the the caption with this image, it makes me it makes me wonder like are these guys loyal to Kylo at all costs, or are they loyal to his dark will? And I think those can be two separate things because like when Kylo first became Kylo Ren and said, "Here's what we're gonna do." And they got on board with that. Let's say in this movie, Kylo moves towards redemption and changes his mind about what he wants to do. Do those Knights of Ren stick with him and roll with those changes? Or do they say, no, this this was the plan. We're, we're sticking with the plan. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna go renegade like that for sure. It's always like that. So you He's gotten to... soft with the girl. So you tend to think that Perhaps the author did maybe let something slip, and Kylo and the Knights of Ren will have have some sort of face off. Uh, I don't want to say one way or the other, but I think it's very possible. Yeah, no, I I do I do think it's possible. What do you say, Carlos? I'm not sure. It's uh, there's definitely going to be um. It won't be smooth sailing with the Knights of Ren. I don't know what's gonna what's gonna. I think I talked about it on a, on a previous pod where where we were asking the question as to whether or not Kylo was gonna push them too hard or they would be uh, <laughs> seeing a turn in him that they didn't like. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what it's gonna be, but there definitely will be conflict between the two. Yeah, like well, you know, it's gonna have to come down to something at one point. Like you can't, like, say there is redemption for Carlo Ren. It's not like did you they're gonna say either... Carlo Ren? No, Kylo Ren. <laughs> it's not get... anyway. Whatever. It's not like he's gonna be it's like, like a, it's a, it's a melding of our names, Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> and Carlo, Kylo. Yeah, you're both so evil. <laughs> but anyway, just imagine like I, I'm not wearing a shirt either. Just letting you know. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Kylo just being like, yeah. That's mean, dude, actually. My, these are my friends, the Knights of Ren. Like, they're kind of cool now. <laughs> like, like, this is a uh, Mad Dog. This is Chainsaw, Wrecking Ball. <laughs> like, it's Bebop like, and Rocksteady. They're like, they take off their masks. They're like these, you know, they're like horrible Inky monsters. Blinky. But, yeah. Thank you, Winky. What? They're like, friend. <laughs> oh, shit. I really hope. Oh man, imagine if they have like really dumb, either, either dumb or lame names, like Buzzsaw, <laughs> or Bonesaw would be even worse. Like, Bonesaw. may as well just pack them in GI Joe like blister packs at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be another interesting thing too. Maybe they get numbers. <laughs> Number two. But- yeah, Knight of Red One. I need you. Maybe they're. Oh man, that's that's a good question. The names of these guys. I wonder, how, like, 
what would they be named on the package? Will they get names? That's that's a really cool question. And what are their names? <laughs> what if Beaker, they're Hudson and Beaker? <laughs> Taser face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if they're like named after like the guys in uh, in Reservoir Dogs, where they all have like code names, like Mister Pink, Mister Orange. But it's because it's their their fingernails are painted that color. Oh, that's so emo. I know. Which would be very fitting, considering who they follow. Yeah, look at that. Uh, huh? I'm almost afraid now. I kind of <laughs> don't know. think I want to know their names anymore. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I'm out if one of them is named uh, Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> What if they unmask and it is Buscemi? Oh man, with the with the like from Mr. Deeds with the crooked eye. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> uh, I'd buy that. <laughs> that one I would buy. That's the only Buscemi character I would buy. Okay, I'll, I'll say this here and now. If if Steve Buscemi is under one of those masks, and we see his face on screen, I will buy the Hot Toys version, which will someday come. I'll drop four hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> on Steve Buscemi as a hot toy Knight of Ren. Oh, man. <laughs> Please don't. Just don't. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I already said it. It's on a podcast. Yeah. I can't take it back. Here's another question. No, no matter their fate, at one point, is there going to be an unmasking? Love a good unmasking. Nothing like a good unmasking. It might no. not matter for these guys, you know? I don't think it matters for these guys. If, if I had to guess, especially if, if, they, if they're like acolytes of, of the Beyond, which came up first in, in Chuck Wendig's stuff, which, which it looks, some stuff is pointing towards that again. So, ah, just leave their masks on. And whether or not their, their masks and their helmets stay attached to their bodies... And don't get cleaved off by either some lightsaber or other type of weapon. Eh. Whatever. I can go either way with that, but Yeah, I don't I don't think we need to see unmasking. Depends. Like, like six of them? Race parents. Don't forget race parents. <laughs> like all six of them take off their masks and each time we go, Oh my god, what? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Let me take off one, one of the masks and, and one of them is, is Finn. Oh. He's been a, a double agent this whole time. Twin Finn. Oh, oh my God. Twin Finn. My goodness. What if the, hopefully there's, no, I know that I think there's only six of them, seven with Kylo, but there were seven and they all take their masks off and they, they're all tattooed with one letter of his name one at a time. <laughs> Kylo Ren. What is, is, uh. David Putty, one of them? <laughs> they love devils! The, the devils! We're the devils! For sure. They, these, these guys got to stoke his tires, man. Or pump his tires, you know? You know, like the guy on the left with the... Looks like either a flamethrower or a blaster attached to his arm. It looks like the, one of those toys. You know that those useless toys they throw in with the figures? It looks like... Yeah. It looks like one of those. So stupid. 
It looks like it has like a brace on his shoulder and stuff and everything. It looks kind of cool. I'm curious about that one. But again, like if they're force users, I don't know, maybe they can manipulate it in a cool way or maybe they just never had a chance to graduate from Luke's Academy and get a saber or something. Who knows? But uh, I really hope that is the case, that they are these lost knights because there's a story to be had there. For sure. Anyway, what's you know what's really unfortunate is that, like, where's the umbrella for these guys? People are standing there holding C three PO like under an umbrella, keeping him cool. These guys are roasting in heavy black suits in the sun. They're uh, maybe that's, maybe that's part him, of man. getting them into yeah into character. That's it. Just make these guys miserable. <laughs> Look, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm pretty much ready to accept anything. Uh, as long as we don't get like a helmet coming down and we get that thud with the little squeal, like funk, like one of those. <laughs> as long as we don't get that, I think I'm good. Yeah, the lo- the more we go along here, I'm just like, whatever, just just do whatever at this point. Pretty much. Uh, next picture is Zori Bliss. We get a last name for the Carrie Russell character. She's masked scoundrel Zori Bliss, seen in the thieves' quarter of the snow-dusted world, Kijimi. That's a uh, that's a shout out to Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is it really, or are you just uh, saying that? I, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. I like. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that. I'm going with that. I like that too. I do like that a lot. Did you come up with that, Carlos, or did uh, is that something on? Uh, I may have heard it. I may have heard it somewhere, but uh, I don't have the mental capacity right now to remember where I heard it. Fair enough. No, that's 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 really cool. So, there, but also we get uh, the name of a, a a planet, Kijimi. I like that. We finally yeah, get a cool one. A planet name from this movie. We didn't because we didn't know any locations, right? Aside from from Batu, we didn't know yeah. any other planet names, which. And do. I think they had to give us Batu because it's like it, it's so prevalent in, or prominent in uh, Galaxy's Edge. Well, they gave us they gave us the new planet as well. the The sand planet, I believe, is called Pasana. Yeah, we were gonna get there. <coughs> wow, yeah. they talked about it prior, but whatever. No, I loved it. I, this is—I think this is my favorite picture of the whole Vanity Fair shoot. Yeah, the Carrie Russell, yeah. Yeah, I think I—I I love this picture. It's such a good picture. So okay. Rocketeer. I, I know I'm not the only one that said that. Yeah, I, the, that Rocketeer was the first comparison I did when we first saw these little images—images images revealed, what two, two, three months ago. Yeah, I this, said it first, Kyle. I don't think you did. Oh. <laughs> Uh, no, this is like, she's a mashup of, of the, like I said, the Rocketeer, Zamwasel, and a little bit of, uh, I, I see some Padme Amidala outfit in there. Throwing some Tron. <laughs> Tron has no place here. Go away with your Tron. One more Tron reference and you're out. Come on. Nope. All right. Uh, next is Donald Gleason with Richard E. Grant. Not playing Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he is playing Allegiant General Price. Yeah, I think that was... I mean, we, we, we did a lot of speculation as to who he might be, but it, 
I mean, if you weren't 90% sure that it was going to be uh, a general in the first order, like, yeah. <laughs> that, that would kind of, kind of, everybody went there from the get-go, right? Where most, yeah. of, most people went, there he is, that's, that's a first order guy. Surprise, <laughs> he's a first order guy. But it's a title we've not heard before, Allegiant General, so I don't know what kind of authority or rank that comes with. But it seems yeah, like dude, this guy is coming in above, above Hux. Yeah, it's true. I What's think he he's holding right in below his... Grand Moff. Grand Moff, I think. Like... Maybe it is like the Grand, like the new Grand Moff. Maybe. I mean, just the way he's dressed, right? Like he's got like he, he. Everybody else seems to wear like these these uniforms, but this guy's almost wearing a robe. Yeah, it, it almost true. looks like uh, Leia's cloak. There's like a cloak thing to it. Leia's cloak from the Last Jedi. Yeah, there, yeah. There's there's a little more panache it, to this guy's outfit than than your typical well, first order guy. It's very Nazi. Like everything about the first order is very Nazi. But if you look at his left hand, it looks like he's holding like a, a baton or something like that. You know, like like a no nonsense kind of guy. Yeah, look at the look on his face. Like this guy does not take guff from anybody. Which yeah, I mean. It, the title too is is very it's interesting like you said it kind of it make keeps people kind of wondering like what the hell does that mean allegiant you know like like he this guy's allegiant you know it could be something they had said also in the article was uh something about this generation having to take care of the debts of the last kind of this new generation so maybe he's old empire you know what i mean the remnants of because what we've also heard is you know th this movie's gonna focus a bit on the first order and its origins so maybe this is a link to that him being an allegiant he's like he was right at the ground level when the empire kind of turned into the f first order and they got this movement going again yeah it's definitely possible what what kind of it strikes me as weird because we spent a lot of time in aftermath and and some other material learning about some of of the characters who were who were there at the founding of the first order. And this guy wasn't there, so either he was we just didn't talk about him, or he was not cre he was only created specifically for this movie, and they're just kind of shoehorning him in, and he was he was elsewhere at that point. But you know, like Brendel Hux, or. Uh, what's her name? I can't remember anymore. She was in a, the third Aftermath book. It's going to drive me nuts. But she, <laughs> she, she took, she was, she was the Grand Admiral of the Empire, basically, at, at the end of, uh, of the Battle of Jakku. Where was this guy? It feels like we should have already met this guy. But remember, uh, that's the thing, right? Like, he talked about how the room went upside down when they announced who he was playing. Like the people in the room that were there just went crazy. And it, almost to the effect that, okay, well, this guy, he's going to play somebody we know. But, yeah. It's possible. I mean, one thing they've, they've said, you know, the Star Wars, it's one of its tropes, you know. There's a lot of people related to one another, this or that. Could be Hux's dad, like you said, or it's not Hux's dad. No, no, Brendel Hux is Hux's dad. Oh, that's true, eh? 
Hmm. Well, either way, you know, whoever he is, it's, it's pretty interesting. And again, interesting that we haven't yet heard of him because it always looked like Hux was the the voice of the resistance, right? Hux, yeah, he's he's the last guy I would see as being the voice of the resistance. Oh, sorry, the first order, <laughs> sorry. But you know what I mean? Like he was the the voice, like the, the he was the, top, the head honcho for the most part. Well, he is now. Like I think this image makes that clear. This guy is the new the new sheriff in town, which is interesting because either it means well, no. that. Makes sense. Maybe Kylo's kind of been like, you know what? Well, exactly. It, it means that either Kylo is sort of Kylo and, and Hux have never been particularly eye to eye, so maybe Kylo has installed this guy above Hux, or maybe Kylo is is so distracted with his own personal quest that they the, the First Order had to go and get a new guy. Yeah, and I, I can see this guy being the big baddie of the film in a way where. You know, if Kylo does seek redemption, like, this guy's like, we don't need him. Look what we have. You know what I mean? Well, I, I wonder how much of this is because because of what happened with Hux in The Last Jedi, where he was reduced in a lot of ways to a punchline, that it's almost impossible for Hux to come back as a legitimate threat. Well, that and the fact, like you said, that him and Kylo have never been on the same page. If Kylo's the supreme leader, why would he leave this guy in charge, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, having having Price come in make does make a lot of sense. But it's, I mean, it's, his fate's already sealed. Like this guy's toast. You don't know. Y'all don't know that. He's toast. It's over for this guy. I I love the picture. I love Kyla. What's his name? Huck's in the background of this. He doesn't look too happy. It's like ask him how he likes his cappuccino. <laughs> his calf. <laughs> I wonder if uh, is it called cappuccino in in, uh, in Star Wars. I don't know. Uh, All right. So then we got a couple of behind the scenes action shots in the desert. Chewie, Ray, Finn, all making little appearances here. And we get to see that, that speeder, that that sail, sail speeder type thing as that, that we saw in the teaser. Cool. The the mini barge, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little skiff barge sailboat type thing. Skiff is a good word for it. That's what they were saying earlier about like these environments, these on-set locations. You know, you throw in a, you just throw in something that's Star Wars, like a moisture evaporator or this or that, then bang, you're like, you're right in the Star Wars universe. You know what I mean? At home. Yeah. What I do like about these images is that it does reinforce what we've heard is that everybody's going to be together for this movie. It's good, like on top of it being a war movie, these these heroes are going to be together on this adventure. Which I I love. We haven't had too much of that yet, or we've you know we've gotten it in really short spurts. But it looks like you know Ray and Finn and Chewie, Poe, three PO, all going to be in the same place, working together for the same goal instead of splitting up into groups. I I, lo- I love that we're going to get a dose of that in this movie. Uh, where do we go next? Here we go. Uh, let's go down to into the cockpit of the Falcon. Damn. Which has which has Poe doing his best Harrison Ford from the uh, Vanity Fair shoot from The Force Awakens. Never going to see me complain about a shot of the Falcon. 
and Lando. I mean, come on, it's Lando. He's looking amazing too, Billy. You look at him in that photo. How smooth is he looking? Honestly. I don't know, he looks a little a little uncomfortable to me in that shot. He's just trying to look cool, man. But like I'm just saying like uh you having met him three, four years ago at this point. Uh, he's looking pretty healthy, man, there. I think that's called Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> True, it is Vanity Fair, you're right, but I mean, come on. He's looking good. Well, he, yeah, in this photo, he looks fantastic. The, this photo has been heavily, heavily augmented. Let's just leave it at that. But no, the photo looks terrific. Billy D looks cool as Lando. He's back in the captain's chair. That cape. That cape. <laughs> A custom piece. Oh, dude, the trim. Look at that interior. It's a lovely cape. <laughs> Looks he's got peak. He, he stripped. He, he's got peak cards. Yellow shirt, and the belt and everything. He just took off the, uh, the Star Trek emblem. Wouldn't that be Kirk's shirt? Yeah, that would be Kirk's. You're right. All right. Next up, we have horsing around. We have Finn and new ally Janna. Naomi Aki, atop Hardy Orbax, leading the charge against the mechanized forces of the First Order. I I love I love the look of these animals, these horses, which we saw in uh, in those early early behind this like those leaked set shots. That like I think they went back to like September or August of 2018. Finally getting a, a first look at these. I love the look of these animals. What do you guys think? Yeah, they look really neat. They're cool. I like the tusks. <laughs> yeah, they, they look super cool to me. Um, one, one of the it looks like is that war paint? Do you think they've put on them? Yeah, or do you for think sure. it's not? That's naturally them. No, no, I think that's paint. What one of the comparisons I made was to a, a Tartakovsky creature that Yoda rides in his Clone War, the Tartakovsky Clone War series. Very different creatures. They are. If you if you compare side by side, you go, oh, they're not the same. But there's there's a general vibe there that I think is quite similar. But I, <clears throat> I love it. I think they look super. I love I I love Naomi Aki's look. I love that she's got just your, a regular bow and arrow. Y'all don't yeah, know that. It <laughs> looks like there's something in there. Looks a little loaded at the tip. Yeah, and uh, well, the one thing I'm not totally sold on, I said this on Twitter, is is her, her red Tevas, her sandals. Like, it looks like she got those at Foot Locker. <laughs> they look straight up at a Foot Locker. Uh, yeah, I, anyway, anyway I, I, think, uh, I think they look great. Those, those Orbacks in their finished state look super. I'm definitely going to be grabbing one of those if it comes packed with a with a Janet or or Finn figure, no doubt about that. Uh, then we get another behind the scenes shot back on that speeder. Not a whole lot there to go on go on about. And then we get uh, the Jordanian locals who play Aki Aki, natives of the planet Pasana. So there's that other planet name, guys. Pasana is the name of. Yet another desert planet, so it's 
it's it seems anyway maybe these are just natives of, of pasana and they happen to be on tatooine or on jakku but otherwise i think i think speculation is that we we are on another desert a new desert planet called pasana how do you guys yeah, feel I, about visiting another desert planet i think it's a theme through star wars and i said like earlier that you know the the locations really add to the film and these guys know their job and they were saying that the the, the shots that they're able to attain from these kind of environments with the uh, you just don't know how the environment's going to react and how things are going to play out within the sand so it's almost as if the set is alive in its own way so I think that's I think it's cool man it's been a theme throughout and uh, we're going to find out why we're there so I'm down with it you don't find it excessive that we're in the, in the Disney era we're on our fourth desert planet fourth new no. desert planet no I'm, I'm cool with it I think if they explain it as though these planets were lush, but were crippled by the Empire, uh, like sucked of their resources, then it would make it a little bit more... Oh, okay, cool. Like, Well, uh, Jakku was. In the Aftermath book, they do mention that this was a... It was a verdant and lush planet at some point, and something happened and turned it into the dust bowl that it is. They never get. We never get any actual info as to why that that happened, and it's not the only. I think Batu as well, uh, or no? Um, damn it! It's a book from the the second Thrawn book. That was also. It was also a, a planet that was also green and and really lush at one point. Also turned into a, a dump, and we don't get any explanation as to why. Maybe this is going to be the same deal. But yeah, let's. I hope we get an explanation. If if they're just here on Pasana and it just happens to be, well, this is where we're stopping, and it, we get it's it's the, ends up being the fourth desert planet in this D- Disney era. I'll be like, God, come on, guys. Like I I am at this point a tiny bit bummed that it's not Jakku. Like it seemed like Ray needed to go back there for a reason. It seemed like things were happening on Jakku. We know that from Aftermath. We know that from Force Awakens. It seems bizarre to me that we just we didn't go back there to, to revisit why. But we'll see what happens in December with, with that scenario. We might go back. You don't know that yet. Uh, so yeah, I guess you're right. We might. Maybe everything will be Desert Planet. <laughs> Maybe we'll go to Tatooine as well. There were, there were rumors that, that Tatooine has been shot for the rise of skywalker and we can't we don't we don't know why they're there yet either there seems to be a reason that they're there so yeah Throw in I mean, all the I'm desert sure planets bring us all desert planets and the rise of skywalker it won't be confusing at all uh, come on there's like how many deserts on earth it's a good point Corey. it's a good point you got the sahara you got the the, the gobi. gobi hey you got the uh, you got the, the the one in california so, yeah the death valley Death Valley, you got uh, Arizona. Oh, that's there. That's Death Valley. Uh, this is the Imperial Valley in California. Actually, I've actually been there. Uh, so there's quite a few uh, deserts all over uh, all over <laughs> Earth. <laughs> yeah. All right, then we get a, we finally get a look at Kylo versus Rey. 
in one of their battles. Cool looking shot. I wish we had a really good high def version of this. Uh, but this one, the caption reads, Their force connection, what Driver calls their maybe bond, will turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed. Like To me, this hints at something more than family, uh, more than romance. I don't know what it is, but it, it almost feels like we're flying a bit closer to, like, Mortis-level territory. Yes. I love it, man. I, I absolutely love this. Like, this is a way where you could take my Star Wars. Like, what they did, the things they did in Rebels toward the end, uh, just these unexplainable things, the way the, worst, uh, the Force works, and you're just like, wow, you're in awe of the Force at that point. You know, it's like, I, I love it. I really want these two. We've, we've advocated for this relationship to have whatever it is. It's important in the long run. And there's just something going on there. And I'm all for that, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to see this explored. I want to see what, what, what is in store here. Uh, also interesting to note what they are fighting upon. I'm guessing by your silence... Maybe you, you didn't see that people talking about this over the over the week. No, no, I've tried to try to stay as uh, as clean as possible from the dirty, part dirty of the, internet. Looks like a part of the Death Star, maybe. <laughs> yeah, they are fighting on top of the Death Star, or so the internet says, which I think makes sense. Yeah, it looks like you can see right in the bottom right corner. There's something there that looks. We know the Death Star is in the water too. And really, the only time we saw water in in the trailer for the Rise of Skywalker is at the end when they saw the the, the Death Star often like laying in the sea on whichever planet they're on. So really interesting. That really epic too, if you think about it. Rey and Kylo duking it out on the wreckage of Death Star Two or One. <laughs> That's pretty wild, though, isn't it? It's got to be part. It's got to be the two men if it has to do anything with the the emperor being somewhat i agree not alive but like i said before i don't necessarily think he's alive it could be like the the debts you know what i mean that we were talking about earlier for sure absolutely uh we got another shot somewhere this is another shot of jj with the camera doing something with that camera Need more flair. Yeah, and there's 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 another another confirmation of Planet Pasana. And then we get uh JJ uh, not JJ, we get uh, John Williams, J dub conducting with a shot of Leia on the screen in the back. That's a modified shot too, eh? Oh for sure, absolutely. But it's it's one of the same shots that from the Force Awakens, but they've aged it, they've put her in new clothing. Yep. Someone someone uh, posted on Twitter, and I was like, "Wow." Well, that, that, yeah, that, that's something that I, I I was saying a long time ago when talking about Leia. One of the million times we've done it is that they'll take that footage from from Force Awakens or from the Last Jedi, and they will no doubt like CG the the living daylights out of it to crop like give her a new outfit, fix fix up the makeup so that it looks she looks. So we're not going straight back to TFA where it's that obvious. That's exactly what they're doing. It looks so far. It looks great. But yeah, definitely a, a jarring reminder that this is the last time we're going to get 
these two people, Leia and, and John Williams, in Star Wars. Yeah, even Luke. I mean, really, all of them. But just putting those two people together in this shot, like, it's... Oh, boy, it's it's coming to an end. This is That was one of those shots that drove that home to me. Look at all those violins and cellos. I, I wonder... I wonder what what's in store for the soundtrack with with the rise of Skywalker. I, I wonder if it's going to be Last Jedi ish, where it's you know cues and themes from the, the the sequel trilogy built upon, and then the rest of it is sort of the greatest hits of Star Wars, or if it's going to have a lot of new music to it. I hope no new music. Like I don't know, like Kevin Kiner stuff. Like was. Every time there was something really heavy going on with the cellos and the violins, man, like it really struck a chord with me, man. And, and it keeps a, a beat of intensity throughout a film that could be invaluable to this one being the last. Was the pun intended there? It struck a chord? <laughs> Why not? I don't know. What are you expecting for the soundtrack, Carlos? I'm hoping, honestly, I, I believe that John Williams wrote something probably four years ago and was saving it. I, I, be, I believe that he has one last epic piece left. That, that's what's odd about this industry, though. It's like, can you actually do that? Or do you have to see the film first? You know what I mean? Well, he's, I think he's working with what's finished because he's done – by now he's probably over a half hour. A couple weeks ago he had said that he had, he had 25 minutes of music done for the movie and he'd, you know, he'd seen a rough cut, which I don't know how long that rough cut was, but he's, he's already got 25 minutes in the can as of a couple weeks ago. So now i got to think that number is over 30 minutes. I don't know. Difficult to say, but yeah, I, I hope this. I mean, the soundtrack, like like the movie is, itself, is gonna have callbacks to the previous eight episodes. I'm, I imagine, so will the soundtrack. It's. I think again, we're gonna get a bit of the greatest hits package. It's gonna. I think it's gonna feel a lot like the Last Jedi soundtrack, with, with obviously with the new sequel. Uh, themes amped up to 11. All right, and then the uh, one of the final shots here. Luke with R2, which I immediately took and made the, the new header of our Facebook group. Yeah. What an amazing shot of Luke with R2. I like it, but it kind of feels Last Jedi-ish to me. Like, there's... It does, absolutely. Like, when and where is this, Carlos? Oh, come uh... on. It's not the burning of his of his Jedi temple. Why do you say that? Because he was just for men, Luke, at that point. That's correct. And it's not the it's not the force tree. Because it's not the force he, tree because R two was gone on the Falcon. He was on the Falcon. Yeah, it's and... definitely not the force tree. But I'm I'm definitely getting Academy vibes here. No, no, this no. Is a, this is a this to me is a force back. Flashback, force could, back, whatever. It could be, but I don't see how it can be of. Of the the temple burning, like Luke looked nothing like this. He you had, only he saw had, his he had head. The shorter hair. He had the shorter hair and the uh, like the, the like his hair was darker. 
darker and shorter hair and he was not dressed in those robes he had, he had his like really really dark robes for that yeah we don't see it in the force awakens core you're right but we do see in the last jedi we, we see from kylo's perspective and from luke's perspective of what he actually looks like at the time where kylo uh destroys the temple so it's this is definitely not the look there's a little hue there that to me, could be Force Ghost. He doesn't look too happy either. Well, Luke, uh, Luke hasn't looked very happy in a, in a good long while. Last time Luke really looked happy was at the end of Jedi. Return, return of the Jedi. That's right, absolutely. When he's looking at the Force Ghosts, that's uh, kind of the last time we actually see him with a happy face. Put on a happy face. He almost um, cracked a smile for R2 in The Last Jedi. That's true. That's true. Yeah, actually, and his he voice did. changed. He did, he did. R2? Yeah, he did. He smiled. But yeah, this, this, this image has definitely got me fired up, man. Like, full speculation mode on this one, but I've got nothing. It's not Crate Luke. It's not, it's not Burning Academy Luke. It's Force Ghost Luke and Force Ghost R2. Part of me wonders if this was a leftover shot from the the Vanity Fair shoot when they did The Last Jedi. And they're slipping this in because they didn't have space for it then, but they have it now, so let's use it. <laughs> just, let's just, just throw everybody off. Well, yeah, I mean... That's what yep. they do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's what they like to do with us and then finally the, the two cover shots Ray and Kylo you connect them up it makes a, it makes one image guys and that's that looks fantastic I, I, I've been looking all, I've had my eyes open for the actual physical copies which I have not found yet in store but I will oh yes I will all right. How about uh, how about some listener questions? Let's first up. We got a, a little question here from Rick on these Knights of the Old Republic rumors. Let's take a listen to that. Hey, Tumbling Saber crew, it's Rick down in mm-hmm. Chicago, and uh, I had a quick question for you guys concerning some of the uh, rumors about the Old Republic and uh, whatever nonsense comes along with that, but. My question is, do you think that we would see an Old Republic book or comic uh, come out independent from there being something on the screen? You know, because it seems like a lot of the books and comics and things like that come out with some kind of connection that we've seen or that we're going to see in an upcoming movie. Uh, You know what I mean? Like uh, Master and Apprentice ties into Episode 1 and, you know, all of the... um, Rise of Skywalker tie tie and stuff that's coming out in the fall and that so yeah so I'm just wondering now what you guys think do you think we'll see anything Old Republic come out in a book in a comic without there being some kind of movie release sometime later on be it uh, Benny Offen Weiss or Ryan Johnson so uh, I'll leave you guys to it why I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say cheers and may the force be with you. All right, there goes Rick. 
and Rick comes in with a question coming off the back of the Knights of the Old Republic rumors that have have dropped on us. So let's before we hit Rick's question, let's circle back here. Let's jump on this rumor. You know, it's a, another week, another set of rumors to deal with, and I I don't want to spend too much time on it because, I mean, to be completely honest, I don't trust the sources fully. Mm-hmm. But let's let's just do this. Let's talk about uh, Kotor, as it's called. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic, BuzzFeed reported late last week that they've learned that Leta Calogridis Gridis, Gridis, was hired by Lucasfilm in February of 2018 and is writing a, a, a KOTOR screenplay. So that's interesting. That seems pretty concrete. That's, that's quite the limb to go out on if you're BuzzFeed. I don't know what their track record is for breaking news. I see them as sort of like a lazy listicle type site. I don't. Are they newsworthy? Do we know BuzzFeed is being newsworthy? Ah, uh, I couldn't tell you to be honest. You're the clickbait guy. Well, I, I didn't like. I didn't like the sources. I, I don't like the way it was written. It seems very um, grasping at strawsy for me. Yeah, but even at that, when when what it boils down to for me when I look at this whole thing and think about it. I'm like, when? When is it going to happen? And look, we have a time slot for now for Star Wars. So that means she'd be working with someone. Who is she working with? You know what I mean? Well, this is... a. Th- so we have the Benioff and Weiss, which we now know is 22, 24, 26, December. Not necessarily. We don't know that. We know the, we know, the first we, Well, film. we know the first... Yes, you're right. We know 2022 is... We were way off, eh, with the whole Ryan Johnson thing. Yeah, that was a fifty-fifty shot. Just in, yeah. Oh, but oh no, we were. Way, I was so convinced. We were so sure of ourselves. I don't know if we were that sure. I was. I was like, no way, it's not Ryan Johnson. All right, fair enough. Well, you know what? You were wrong. <laughs> yep, I sure was. Um. Yeah, anyway, no, I don't want to beat that dead horse again, but... Um, Any rumor that, that it, we're just too goddamn far out, man, like, decades out if it's, you know, Ryan's film, like, it would have to mean that she's working with Benioff and Weiss. Well, they were both hired in the same window. The same general time frame is when, like, we, if, if Lucasfilm hired Caligridis in... February of 2018, I think Benioff and Weiss were hired not long, or announced not long after that. And it can make sense, too. I I could see like these guys tackling that subject matter, to be honest. But she's writing it. That's okay. Whereas they were were introduced by StarWars.com as writing and producing. Things change. Well, then... Yeah, things change, but they also screwed it up from the outset then. Because if they hired, if they hired her in in February of 2018, why did they announce Benioff and Weiss as writing it in 2018? They could have just said these guys are going to be producing a new set of Star Wars movies, and why not just well, announce they... her with it? Oh, maybe they weren't sure yet. You're right, but still, it, I don't it's, know. it's and also at Celebration, um, MTV asked. Kathleen Kennedy about Knights of the Old Republic and she she said that it's the, the way she described it was um, I don't know where the quote is I'm going to try and dig it up here 
anyway, she just, I can't find it, but she did say that, you know, it's, it's something that they're looking at developing and they, they are working on something to look at. That's, that's a very broad and non-committal answer, but it very much sounded to me like whatever it was that they were looking at was a, th- a, a thing separate from what Ryan and Benioff and Weiss were doing. So this Knights of the Old Republic thing, I think, is a third project, whether it's movies for Disney+, Plus, which they said they wouldn't do, or if it's a, you know, a third set of movies to hit the big screen. Again... We don't know yet. We just it, don't yeah, know. Yes, it, it's kind of odd. And just the way it came out when I was online that night and I was like, what? Like it, it, it was maybe like an hour old in news. I was like, what the hell's going on? Like like this article or things, they seem so cocksure of themselves. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. BuzzFeed reported this as if this is definitely happening. Like, I think they said they got uh, they got a couple of sources to for industry insiders saying that, yeah, this is the thing that's happening. So I don't know. I, I, okay, never, beyond all that, how do we feel about KOTOR? I mean, I know, I know it was... I, I said it was my Star Wars blind spot. I don't know anything about this beyond names and some places. I don't have a whole lot to go on, but what do you guys, Carlos, what do you think? Uh, I'm, I, <laughs> it, it kind of sucks because, uh, we know it's, there's nothing canon about it. Uh, so whatever they're going to give us in that era, uh, should be accepted as the truth. But unfortunately this is star Wars fandom. And a lot of the, a, a lot of what they had put into Legends is still what people refer to when they talk about Knights of the Old Republic, and that all all you're gonna do is set set yourself up for failure with a certain segment of of fandom, and it for me that sucks. Uh, I'm like you a little bit, Kyle. I'm, it's my it's my blind spot. I know a little bit about it. I played the video game back in the day. I didn't even um, do that. Well, when I say I played it, I mean I didn't sit down and play it for like uh, weeks in a row. Like I it, I just happened to be at a, a buddy's house and just like fooled around with it a little bit. It's video games are not my thing, so. Um, yeah. So I, I mean I but I was aware of it. Um, I do like the the whole Sith uh, Sith Civil War and and you know the, the the armies of the Jedi and Sith battling each other and and that type of that type of stuff. These are things that I always wanted explored, uh, but it comes it's a double edged sword. So it, it comes with you might be happy, but the guy that you were able to sit down and talk about stuff with is now going to become your enemy because you like it and he doesn't. And it's a, it's a little sad. And that's part of the star Wars fandom that I, that's part of the reason why I want, I'm happy to walk away from the Skywalker saga at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Knights of the old Republic can open that old wound. The thing is, 
is that the majority of fans were uh, KOTOR fans um, are a little older in age. So I would say end of the millennial generation and into uh, Gen X. Um, so maybe it's not going to be, you know, maybe some of that incel crowd isn't isn't into KOTOR as much. So they, they don't have as much of a backstory or a headcanon when it comes to Knights of the Old Republic. Um, but, I mean, there, there, there definitely is a segment that's going to that's gonna jump all over it no matter what they do. Well, I, have to, I have to agree with Carlos there, man. Like, I, I was thinking about it this week as well. And even if it's not KOTOR, whatever it is, the more Star, Star Wars grows, sadly... And the more it expands, becomes something new and different. It's just going to create more and more divisions in fandom, which is kind of inevitable, but sad at the same time. Like, granted, us three, we won't necessarily probably like everything at one point, or it won't you'll like it and be like, but yeah, it was just okay, and that's fine. But the people who are into Kotor really, really seem to love it. So, like Carlos was saying, it can create divisions again and splinter fandom even more which kind of sucks but and it's like what do they do with it do they adapt it they can't just adapt it straight up from a video game like it's not gonna happen unfortunately like well and that's that's the the danger that's the danger because like you said the people who love kotor sorry to cut you off Corey, but this is i think this is a huge deal the people that love this really love it and I, exactly. I think more than anything, I don't want to paint everybody with the same brush, but it seems like the people who want this to happen, like they've already enjoyed the story. They've gotten that sort of emotional satisfaction from having a story played out and being part of it as, as a video game. And by all, all accounts, it is a great game. It's award-winning. It's critically acclaimed. As a game, it's to me, there's almost nothing to complain about. I think where the issue lies is more that people just want the validation of having that be canon now. So all the stuff that they got in the video game is... I think they're, like you said, the adaptation of it. It's going to be... They're going to complain about it if it's not a literal word-for-word adaptation. And that's, that's the last thing I want to have happen. Exactly. And I will say straight up for any KOTOR front fan, that is not going to happen. They are not going to adapt this thing straight up. They no, have it's... so much more to work with now. They're going to recreate more or less. They'll work with what has happened most likely. They'll take certain characters and whatnot, but there's no way that they're going to go and, and, that, and that just will make them redo an- even angrier because canonically there's almost no reason for them not to like there's no reason why they can't like there's that that area of star wars history is a blank slate so they'll say well why couldn't they they, you're not going to step on any toes so just do it it was a great story to begin with it's too much of like honestly this this bleeds into rick's question but it's too much of a money maker in the long run for them not to somewhat tamper with this and it's just such an incredibly cool concept. Like Carlos was saying, like, 
who would not want to see these armies of both Sith and Jedi versus each other? Like, dude, this is like, like ah, it's like King Arthur, Arthur stuff in Star Wars. You know, it's like. Well, and that's I'm also slightly concerned about that. Like, and what I mean by that is, I almost have the impression, and this is maybe a completely misinformed, uneducated take, and I'm, I'm ready to take a few hour arrows for what I'm about to say. If I'm wrong, please let me know. But it feels like that, like that era of Star Wars, that that. Particular, I mean, it's a video game, right? You gotta have it's gotta feel like a video game. It's gotta be fun and flashy and actiony. So it feels like they took the lightsabery aspects of Star Wars coming out of the prequels and whoa, look what they can do, and just dial that up to eleven. You know, more lightsabers. Let and now let's have characters that waver between good and evil. So that why not? They you know let and badass and woo and just all that all that crazy stuff, and I. I think part of that aspect of of, of uh, Star Wars is kind of what's poisoning the well a little bit. You know, it's, it's it seems like if you take what what my again misinformed, possibly uneducated, definitely uneducated, possibly misinformed uh, impression is. It's it's taking all of the badassery and just throwing that up on screen, which which is not what Star Wars is. We don't necessarily know that in a way too. Like over time, we know the Jedi have become something. Everything has become something different because it's just these this eons and eons. You know, maybe these Jedi and these Sith were better. And, you know, you can see sometimes in the Sith, like, now they have the rule of two, but prior, like, you can see Sith kind of making somewhat sense, even though they're, like, the goals and the means, like, the means to the ends are what always divide people, but they're somewhat, and their goals, some of the Sith, and if you read these old, uh, not necessarily, I guess, canonical things, but, like, the, the books of the Jedi and the Sith, and they're, like what their mantras like they're kind of i don't know they're different but similar i i think i know what you mean but anyway like just a way of how they attain it yeah like something got lost along the way you know like i could still see these guys being like really powerful and this war is the reason why the, the information gets lost going forward or something gets lost along the line. Something crucial to the Jedi and the Sith. And everything gets lost in this war. That it's not transmitted properly. And, you know, things kind of get out of balance at that point. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I see where you're going. But, like, for me, like, you know, it, it's a video game. And it's conceived and designed to be a video game. And engaging on that level. Which is fundamentally different than a movie. So that's why, Corey, to your point, it's got to be adapted. It's or not, it it can't be adapted. It's got to be re-envisioned. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, sure, pull some characters, pull some places, maybe key events or whatever, but it's it has to be reinvented, and that's that. I think that's that's the hard part. Is that it's gonna drive the rift? It's it's, it's gonna make the rift. It's gonna make people the people who 
want that justification of having it re-canonized are going to lose their minds because it's being tampered with. They're going to be so mad that, that then you're going to get, well, now they've ruined KOTOR as well. Disney is now ruining KOTOR. And you hear yeah, but how could you ruin something that that that's not canon? Like, what are well, you yes, ruining? I mean, you're, exactly. you're preaching the. You're ruining here. my head canon, but that's about it. That that's right? exactly what I mean. Like, all 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 the elements of of you know the last year of of Star Wars fandom, where this got ruined and Luke's been ruined and and Chewie's been emasculated. All that talk, will just take on a new what? form. Oh, you never heard the emas- Chewie got emasculated talk? Oh come on! Yeah 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 yeah. Oh. Like, see, I told you it was Ravon, not Revan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna change the spelling to R E V A W N. I hate you. Ravon. I mean, and oh god, I just want them to take chances, be creative, and and tell a good story. If you want to do it in this era, great, go for it. I just hope that fans can be mature enough, given you know the hindsight of what we've learned in the last year, to just say, yeah, okay, like I, I get it. We we'll, we'll recanonize this and that and that place, that name, but it's going to get a, a fresh coat of paint because it needs it to go up on the big screen. It just can't be a video game on the big screen. It can't. It would it would be, just be an absolute trash. Anyway, <laughs> there's some hot takes in there, I guess. But is that, no, is that fair, Rick's though? question, man. Yeah, that's 100% fair. We, we're all on the same page that it's dicey no matter which way you cut it because there is a very core fandom to it. So and, and, uh, and, it's an interesting story, and I, I'm open-minded to it. I mean, bring it. I, I'm down for it, but oof. There, there are definite landmines here that – Yes. And that you can see them a mile away, and they may intentionally step on it and and trigger a bunch of people who who might not take to it very well. But I don't know. I I cannot see the future. But this kind of ties into a little bit of what happened with Game of Thrones, with all like a what one a million and a half people signing a petition to redo season eight. Oh God! It's it's, part, so it's, it's all part and parcel of the. Self-entitlement issues. Yeah, give me what I want, artist. Give me what I want. Grant me my wishes. You know, like, I I, I could see an, another branch of that tree sprouting if we if, if they deviated too far with, with, an, with uh, a recreation of, of KOTOR. I, I hope I'm wrong. By all means, let's 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 do it. But let's also get some some info, Disney. Please tell us where this if this is true, if the if the cat's out of the bag and this and Buzz Buzzfeed is accurate. Tell us where this is going. Tell us when. Tell us where Ryan's project is. Let's let's get some answers. Really need some answers now. Uh, okay, so let's let, tackle let's tackle Rick's question then, which is. Uh, do we think we'll ever see an old Republic book or comic independent of a movie release? Yeah, short and sweet to me, honestly, no. Like, like uh, I'm not. I think totally. Like, I should have asked Rick for a clarification because I'm not quite sure. I, I I know what he meant. Like, what do you? I'm what pretty do you guys sure think? I do. Like, 
like I think he's talking independently. Like we don't necessarily have ever like a, a movie release, but they're gonna start talking about this stuff in literature. And we just touched upon how touchy the fandom and the fan base is for this thing and how people hold it so dear that I don't think that if we ever if we're ever gonna get anything on it, it's not gonna be solely in books. Like they're gonna have it on the big screen, but at the same time, they won't be separate. There will be books, but it'll be a lead up to or something like that. Like they'll start building the grassroots for whatever story they're going to tell on screen leading up to it. Like the lead up to everything. They do it for every comic, but I, I just don't think they'll do it separately. I don't think they're just going to go there for reasons we had mentioned prior. What's your take on this, think, Carlos? Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why they threw everything into legends so that they could build um a pyramid on a solid foundation of the, the the good things that they've done and the new ideas that they have and have everything be um congruent is that a, is that a word yeah yeah that's a word. yeah and uh so so they want they they don't want loose threads or um you know shoddy wiring that that's why they threw everything in the garbage in the first place so if they're going to come up with a movie, I would definitely expect there to be literature around that movie. Um, the opposite is not true, though. Uh, if there's a book, it's not necessarily going to be put into a movie. Especially so, a book of that magnitude. Yeah, but I mean, if they're, if they're deciding that they, they, they want to do a novel then they could do a novel or a comic series and it's not necessarily going to be attached to a movie, but if there's going to be a movie, there will definitely be literature attached to the movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. If they do, if KOTOR or, or the old Republic, which are two different things, if they did movies in either KOTOR or the 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 sequel follow-up game to that which is just the old republic if they did movies in either of those settings there would definitely be books uh, to, to sort of support that movie release I, I i wonder if it's a good idea though like if they did this and you know they know the <clears throat> like they know like i said the landmines that might await them I wonder if they would release some sort of book, a prelude book, so to speak, that sort of gives the lay of the land of what's coming on, on the big screen. Just so that people know, you know, here here are some of the characters you'll see. Here's the, the, the political scene. Here's whatever. Here's how, how the Jedi align. Here's how the Sith, what the state they're in. Just so that you For see the, sure. the, the, the pieces on the board before you actually sit down to play. Just to get everybody on the same page. You know what I mean? That would be even 25% of the audience, too. Like, the the hardcore fans would really dive into that. But the general audience wouldn't necessarily need oh God, to know. No. Gen no, general audiences would... No, they just roll with it. They'll go to the theater and... Oh, this was a video game a few years ago? Oh, cool. Whatever. And they won't that in one ear note the other. They won't care. It's it's really us on the fringe. 
the fringe hardcore element that are just like obsessing over this and podcasting about it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm with you guys. I like what Carlos said about it being uh, one way, but the, the, the reverse not being true. So yeah, Rick, I hope that answers your question, but I, I think they would be smart. I think if they if they do go down this road, I think they would be smart to get all of fans on this on the a level playing field uh, as soon as they could, just to set the help set expectations. Because I think that, you know the same people that would freak out would also also be likely to read the book and maybe get their anger out before the movie comes on the screen. I don't know. That's just my take right now. Um, another rumor. Again, thank, thanks, Rick. Thanks for, for uh, sending in a voicemail. Always. Uh, the, the second rumor that came out last week, and I really don't want to spend any time on this, but uh, Kenobi, we've got this covered, which, you know, they, they are a fine purveyor of, of regurgitated news and borderline clickbait. Um, they're, they are saying that they've got sources saying that the Kenobi to Disney Plus is happening and Ewan McGregor is on board. Yeah, there's nothing to be said here other than Disney Plus is amping up and people are trying to get clicks. This, I mean, the report offers nothing new to me. Like, Fanthatrax had a, a good report earlier this year, maybe in the winter for us. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet also said that they've heard something. I, I get nothing new out of this report. Me neither. I, I'm just... I'm the at the point where I'll believe it when I see it. Absolutely. Carlos, anything to say on the Kenobi rumor? I want it to happen so badly that it probably won't because that's my <laughs> life. It's going to happen. <laughs> I think, again, this is... This this thing is... This smoldering, smoking thing just needs to burst into flames at some point. It's, it's There's so much smoke around this. It's got to happen. they got to do something. And they will. I mean, they, they know... That this is just sitting there waiting for them. And everybody, like, there's not, I don't think there's one person who, who would look at this and go, no, nah, I don't want this. Everybody wants this. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm putting... Well, it's contingent, for me, it's contingent on, on Ewan McGregor oh, being yeah, involved. Yeah, that goes yeah. without saying. If, if there's no Ewan, yeah. I don't want it. Exactly. Whatever yeah. story they had, if Ewan's not doing it, uh, animate it, put it in a book, I don't know. <clears throat> But if if it's a live action, it's you and her bust. Yep. Yeah. All right. That, All right. Uh, yeah, that'll do. That'll do it for the news, if we want to call it that. That'll be do it for the rumors. Let's check back in next week and see what new rumors come in. Uh, well, now we'll jump in for sure into the listener question segment, and it's Katie in first. And Katie writes, "Hello again, guys. Question for this week is pretty simple, but your answer might be anything but." Last week, I asked you about the Benioff and Weiss films. Now it's the turn of Ryan Johnson. So my question is, what would you like to see in his movie? If you were around that writing, directing table, what story would you guys want to tell? Have fun, guys, and as always, keep on being awesome. Katie, thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, Carlos, I'll, I'll give you this one first. What do you want from Ryan? Um, if we're going to get... Uh, Kotor from uh, from the Game of Thrones guys uh, then I want 
uh, Darth Bane from Ryan Johnson. So you want, like, you want the pro the the two projects to be in the past. Oh yeah, yeah 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 definitely. I, I want to get away from anything that has the word Skywalker in it. Oh, unless I, I it's uh, so do you, unless do you, it's do you... the the, the Shmi prequel. <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you think you are on board with uh, uh, Leda Caligridis being the writer for the Benioff and Weiss series? Sure, I'm all I'm good with that. I, I you know what I want? I want like a split screen. There was no father. I and then like split screen, like she's getting like pummeled. <laughs> oh. Uh, maybe she forgot, man. Maybe she forgot. I don't know. It's a rough night. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, I, I apologize. That was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, no. Seriously. Yeah. I would love to see the rule of two being established on screen. Like that's really something that I, I really, really want to see. That would be cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, Corey, what do you want to see from Ryan Johnson? Well, I've said it many times on this show, and I'll say it again. It has to be riddled with the Force. Definitely Force-related. Uh, and I'm saying with Ryan, uh, the, the origins of the Force, like, it would be pretty sweet. I think, you know, like a first Force user possibly. I think, you know, everything that that, that entails, like the what that means for the that person in, in particular like being a first the first force user like what is going on that that's trippy man that can be really uh, uh cerebral in a way you know so what it, what that could potentially mean to the galaxy and what that could potentially mean to the wrong people once they find out about someone that can do the things that they're doing I think Ryan has a really great understanding of what Star Wars is and and the Force. So I think he what I want, I want to say what we want, but for the most part, the Force needs to somewhat remain a mystery always. But I think Ryan's the kind of guy that can give us some understanding of it while keeping it still shrouded in mystery. And you know, we've seen things with uh, Act Two or Acto, whatever. You know, with the the whole jedi prime thing so i'm really down with that like maybe a trilogy that ends with these characters after having their trials and their tribulations and finding out what they are and who they are and establishing this first jedi order on acto that's how could it could possibly end them landing on Ske skellig island you know i like the idea of that in concept I think there's some painfully... I think that could be painful... The danger is that it could be painfully boring. It depends. It, yeah, well, it depends on a lot of things, but I... That's it. I, I trust Ryan. I think Ryan's a great writer, and I think he, again, will give us something cerebral that's, like, kind of out there, man, and... Well, that's, I like that. I think, I think a couple weeks ago we talked about this for some reason, but... If you go, if you go back to the first forced users, and like these two people or whatever have a rift between them, and and one splits towards the light and one splits towards the dark, 
like to me like like i said back then like the the, the jedi and sith ideologies just don't form over like you know a, a couple of weeks where these two people aren't getting along it's gotta be lifetime so yeah so this movie would have if, if they did it in such a way that the movie covers hundreds of years maybe it doesn't be a trilogy years, Ryan's would be hopefully it's a trilogy you well, know sure, yeah, like, a, so. but a trilogy that time hops and maybe you start with a couple of characters or a group of characters and then you you put them down and you see what you see what's what's come after that right like um i'd be satisfied with a lifetime yeah i, I think where I they establish too. themselves you know like they really come to the end of their journey Yeah, I guess I'd be down for it, but it, it seems like I think I don't know that that's the type of story Ryan would tell though. Like I think he's he would tell a more intimate story about a small group of people. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Like these the origins of the force, like this first force user. Like imagine how trippy that would be. Like how cool he could put that on the screen. Like someone who's like hearing voices or you know just having a heightened sense. How he can portray that on screen can be for the for, for someone who's not understanding what they're feeling or see, seeing for the first time. I think that could be a really interesting concept. I, yeah, conceptually, I think it's it's very interesting. I think, I mean, it, it all comes down to the execution of it, which could come off as rushed. Because uh, where do the elements like lightsaber duels come in? That's it. Like you know, I or would just, think just maybe lightsabers themselves. When yeah, does that, that come that into could the be mix? Like, yeah, later on, probably. I don't think that comes in right away. And you you can't have a Star Wars movie that doesn't have <laughs> that that action aspect. Well, we've seen rough, like lightsabers that weren't necessarily like the lightsabers we know today. They were very rough constructions that. Oh yeah, like were still kind of lightsabers. Yeah, the, uh, the Last Jedi. The art of the Last Jedi had these versions of, of ancient lightsabers, which almost yeah, like sticks like a, tied with ropes and a kyber crystal. Exactly. And it was kind of like jagged blades and like, it's, they're very bizarre, but you, like I said, conceptually, I think it works. I, I, I'm not creative or smart enough to, to see how that works on, on the big screen without, having a lot of boring elements to it anyway so what's your um, idea? I, do, I do i think like you said Corey, I, I think him exploring the origins of the jedi and sith is well suited for a guy like ryan johnson but i also think he is well suited to tell a story in the future free of the yep. skywalkers no skywalkers to be found in this trilogy um, but you know you could have callbacks to it. You might see a statue of of Luke Skywalker. You know, as 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 the guy, or a statue of Rey. You know, like I, I mean, we're talking, we're, we're going hundreds of years into the future. Maybe maybe even longer than that. Like I don't know. Like maybe you see like the new Jedi, and they you have ancient, by their standards, ancient structures which is like a statue of, uh, of luke skywalker that is thousands of years old that would be pretty rad 
and, and you know how how the Jedi have have evolved based on the reset button that that Luke statues and, and of Rey together. Yeah, I I'd be just as down with that as I would be with going back to the ancient past. It'd be Luke with Rey and Kylo and him with his hand on both their shoulders. <laughs> There's that Mortis it's reference. Mortis style, yeah. But yeah, I guess, uh, well, what's that check, Corey? Is is, uh, is Ryan still in the employ of Lucasfilm? What's the update? No, no he's done. Oh, he's fired. We know. So this is... Yeah, this... well, it's, it's not even... Oh, we, we just we wasted know. 45 minutes, man. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's nice to think about. Hopefully he'll come back one day. <sighs> yeah. I really Poor enjoyed guy. The Last Jedi. It's funny, Nathan posted up in our group... Uh, it's a tweet that Ryan had sent out um, yesterday. Yeah, about Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, Ryan and Lucasfilm are definitely on the outs, guys. Yeah. Here's Ryan tweeting about Galaxy's Edge and how he got the special invite to go check it out. They're really in it. That's a real frosty relationship. He's yep. definitely been fired. All right, we got another voicemail here from... Oh, thank you, Katie. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Katie. All right. Mr. CantoCast, he's got a voicemail. Let's check it out. Hey, guys, it's Jeff from over here at the CantoCast. Well, Carlos, my friend, you had to go and spoil the last character I was going to give you guys for Episode 9. I was going to give you Maz Kanata for the last character, for my last character. You know, the most beloved character in the sequel trilogy, Maz Kanata. I was holding her out to the last. Save the best for last, right? But that's okay, Carlos. I still love you, man. So, anyway, guys, that's my last character, is Maz Kanata. Saving the best for last. Go ahead and have a kick at the can with that. And as always, I cannot wait to hear your answers. And until next time, may the force be with you. And there goes Jeffrey Fishback from the Canto cast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm stole sorry. his thunder. I did. I did. Well, now you get to run with it, Carlos. Where, what are we going to do with Maz by the end of nine? Man, I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard anything. There's no word about Lupita Nyong'o. Like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. And if we don't get anything, then it's a complete failure. That's the thing that scares me. Is it's, it's a complete failure of storytelling. And just because, and because reasons, like I don't want that. I, I want, I want, I want it tied. It doesn't have to be tied up in a pretty little bowl, but there have to be some kind of loopsy doopsy. You know, oh look what came back around. Yes. Like we need some of that. Yes. I, I'm. I'm just hoping. I'm. I, I. I hope that Maz is involved, where we we finally get the final piece to the puzzle that is Ray. Because that that's what her whole. Her whole thing was in trying uh telling us that there's something special about Ray. Yeah, she was the one begging us to ask questions about Ray. Yes. Who's the girl? 
No, you know? you're you're right there. Like I think everyone's gonna automatically jump to that where she's gonna have a moment of enlightenment or whatever with Ray, which I would still like, but I think there's kind of more to it. I'd like to think what has she been up to? Like look at what she established prior. She had this whole thing going on where she had amassed all these objects and was content and had lived for possibly as long as Yoda. We don't know. But, you know, what was she doing in TLJ? You know, she had, like you said, she was Maz. Everybody know or knew Maz. She lost everything, it seems. So what is she doing in TLJ? Did she, like, go, like, she's doing something, and it was pretty goddamn intense. Like, she didn't have a minute to speak to them, to tell them to go see this guy. Yeah, some sort of dispute. We we know she's a woman who can easily acquire things. So I think it's uh, all possibly intertwined in the sense where she has maybe flown across the entire galaxy or something along that na- those lines to get what the first or uh, the resistance will possibly need to help, just basically to help them. You know, it's either that or she's looking out for herself and just going to get make money again like just kind of rebuild her own empire by by getting in these getting herself caught up in these schemes but obviously she knows who to call when to call to make money or wherever she was going it seemed of importance i'd I'd like for that importance to play off in the next film where they need her she comes in and says like here we need this and like what the hell is that like i traveled across the entire galaxy for this like trust me uh, yeah, I, I am with you both. Um, Lu- if it's any consolation, she, Lupita Nyong'o is listed on StarWars.com as being in the movie, as being part of the cast. That's awesome. So we can take that as as some, uh, some sort of confirmation that she will be in it. It would be nice, like Carlos said too, though, just to have that moment with Ray where, I told you, child, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like if... I, I think... Part of her role depends a lot on what happens with Leia. Like, I think if Leia lives, and I think she will, then I think Maz's role is reduced. But if Leia dies in the movie, I think Maz has a bit more prominence in the end, just to help Rey make sense of all of what she's gone through and learned about herself and her lineage and all that stuff. Because we, we know there's more to that story, right? And, of course, that type of scene is, is as much for us as it is for Rey. Uh, what about what about this? What if um, like war has broken out? The resistance is, is is in deep trouble. They're being overwhelmed. It's an unwinnable fight until Maz shows up with, with Hondo. With uh, well, not maybe not Hondo exactly. I, I doubt that would happen. But what if like what if she shows up with a bunch of a fleet of scoundrels and pirates and just allies of hers to fight the first order? Purgles and yeah, and the the Ravagers showed up to help fight Thanos. That, that's kind of what gives me the idea that this is possible. Like, if the Ravagers can show up, why can't Maz show up with a bunch of her shady friends? Yeah, that could be what she was off to do, but I like the fact, like, she was definitely doing something in TLJ. That's for sure. Well, I think that was, that was she was off doing her own thing. Not necessarily, man. Like, things happen so quickly. Like, maybe she's like, I know of a place where... There's this thing that the first or the resistance is gonna need. 
so I got to go get it. Kind I of, you she, know. I think she says what she's up to. In in the Last Jedi. Really? I th- yeah, some type of labor dispute or whatever. Yeah, it's 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 not a whole lot. Of, yeah, I don't. I can't really see it being something that ties directly to. Um, I I no. I, I, what I mean, I don't. I don't think you can connect what she's doing in the Last Jedi to some larger picture where she had foresight to to say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna start helping these guys now." What do you mean? She, at that point, when they blew up the Hosnian Prime system and came to her planet, like at that point, she had to know, like this, it's now or never. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Like it, it, I'm trying to I'm trying to Google it here. Uh, one brief scene via hologram aiding Poe, Finn, and Rose by instructing them to find the Master Codebreaker. She is shown in the being in the midst of a firefight, which she calls a union dispute. Take that for what it's worth. Can do you want to just do some mental gymnastics to make it sound like she's? I don't know. It just seems so quick, you know. Like there's got to be something involved in it for her, not just being like I'm a social justice warrior. I'm getting involved in this union dispute. Well, that's, that's I, I think whatever she's up to in, in the last Jedi, I think it's it's a quest for Maz. Like she, it's it's almost it's it's a business deal gone bad. That is my take on on Maz in the Last Jedi, and whatever happens with her in nine is completely separate from what happened in Episode eight, and but will connect back to the type of role she had in, in seven. But I, I, you know, I can see her be, again being that type of person who helps put things in, into context for Ray and for us. And I think there's an outside chance that maybe she shows up with reinforcements to help out in, in the in the final final battle. But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Jeff, thank you for the question, my friend. All right, now Dan's in with a question. Dan Miles is back in with a question, everybody. So let's check it out. Dan writes, Hey guys, been thinking, with some people believing Rey is somewhat overpowered compared to other previous characters, is Anakin a little underpowered? As the Chosen One, he doesn't do anything amazing uh, compared to other Jedi that I can think of. In the films, at least. I kind of think maybe we are missing one huge moment. A draw-dropping showing of power. Uh, Cheers, guys. All the best. That's from Dan. Uh, Great question, Dan. Thank you very much. I, I'm going to tackle this one first. I'm going to I'm going to zip through my my thoughts on this one. Like, I I think one of the things that Lucas was driving at with his six movies is the idea that anyone can be a hero, and it's it's not your your uh, your powers or skills that make you powerful. It's that it, it's your humanity and your compassion and yeah, your heart, your will, your determination. Yeah, and just. Love and and being able to make the right choice at any moment and be the hero at any moment just by simply making a right choice, not by uh, you know chopping enough head off enough heads or or pulling a star destroyer out of the sky. So I, I think in destroying Palpatine, which he did, and he's the only one to do it. Like Anakin did that thing that no one else was able to do, and he did it in a in a simple way. 
He didn't put on this big force display of power. He picked up, physically lifted Palpatine up over his head and threw him down a hole. Which, assuming you can get close enough, anybody could have done. And I think that was the point. It's It wasn't this gigantic feat of, uh, of force strength. It was a human act of, of just taking this guy and just tossing him down a hole. So, so, so that's where... It- yeah, I don't think of Anakin as, as being underpowered. Like, yeah, like on a superficial level, I guess we could have seen more in terms of him being the best star pilot in the galaxy, cunning warrior, that kind of thing. But I, I think the Clone Wars went a long way in bridging that gap. So, no, I, I don't yeah. see Anakin as underpowered. No, he's definitely not underpowered. I think we're... we're... There's a little bit of selective memory when it comes to this because Ray is new and there's a lot of backlash on the Ray character. But what Anakin does in a Starfighter, just if you look at Revenge of the Sith exclusively, what he does that I mean everything he does in that movie is amazing. How he saves Obi Wan, uh, how he flies uh, half a the, ship. <laughs> uh, he, he lands half a ship. He carries Obi Wan on his back. Uh, he dismantles Dooku so fast. Um, My powers have doubled. There's that. There's uh, when he gets inside the the, the Vader suit at the end, he just crushes everything around him. Um, At the... When was it? Uh, Attack of the Clones? He jumps out of the window. Well, Obi-Wan jumps out of the window to grab the droid, right? But Anakin actually jumps out of the out of the, the, out the, of the speeder itself. Yeah. Like do do we just completely forget that he jumps out of a speeder and he actually times it so that he could land on the bounty hunter like if that's overpowered, I don't know what's under I don't know. If that's no. underpowered, I don't know what's overpowered because I, we've never seen Ray do anything like that. Why? Okay, just because she hasn't had training and she knows how to use a lightsaber, kind of like Luke? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think what we saw from Anakin was the greatest we've seen on screen. I, I really don't think Anakin's underpowered at all. At all. From all the things we've seen him do? Wow. No, I, I, I'm he only met his ma- He only met his match... Uh, sorry, Corey. I just want to say, he only met his match with Obi-Wan. Uh, on Mustafar because obviously he was too emotional uh, during during the battle and Obi-Wan's um, lights, lightsaber fighting style is conducive to matching what your opponent is bringing. So, and he was his teacher, so the, the, he kind of went up against the, the one guy he shouldn't have gone up against. Or else he would have won that that duel against anybody else. I, I don't know. I, it's just my, my my point of view is that there's no way Anakin's under uh, underpowered, and I don't believe Ray's overpowered. And people who believe that, who say that, are not looking at things clearly. I don't know. I, I kind of I don't want to say I disagree, but I'm kind of on the same page in that I I agree that. Anakin could have potentially been a lot more on screen because it's so odd, Carlos. Like, I kind of thought about what's Anakin's feats throughout the prequel trilogy. And yet the the big one is the Chancellor's Rescue. Like, he's, like you said, he's got Obi-Wan on his back. 
his fate will be the same as ours. Like he saves the saves the emperor, takes out Dooku. Like the end when he becomes Vader, crushing the lab. Like yeah. that's when we really first see like something of like, oh wow, that's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? What else is there? There's uh, they had a lot of potential to show something in Attack of the Clones, but instead they go the route of him kind of taking out a clan of sand people, which kind of works. The OT as well. He's so slow. Uh, it's just, it's hard. Rogue One made him look badass. He catches a bolt, a laser bolt, <laughs> and he throws it back at him. Yeah, it's he, amazing. He, he catches Han Solo's laser blast in the OT. Have we seen Ray catch a laser blast? Uh, Kylo did, so we know she can. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, if you really want to talk about it like that, what I think Rick uh, Dan's talking about, like, I, I would have been down for more on film of his sheer power. We we get that everyone kind of says, okay, he's powerful and he's dangerous, but we never got that thing that was like, whoa, bro, like you need to like. Like, you're about to explode. You're going to, like, kill everyone right now. You know what I mean? Like, something crazy. And we, we kind of get that in the Clone Wars where in the Clone Wars we see how much, first of all, like, his prowess as a warrior really shines. And as a leader, taking chances and doing some really cool, crazy things. But it really all boils down to, again, we spoke about it earlier, the whole Mortis thing. Like, that's where we see Anakin unleashed and Anakin unchained Ben where he's literally controlling both the light and the dark and subduing them to his will he is the balance and that was like whoa like now I see this have we seen Ray do that no but he's talking about solely on film so in the Clone Wars I would say yes but on film not necessarily. No, I, I get where, where where he's coming from in that, <clears throat> like when when Obi Wan in A New Hope calls him the best star pilot in the galaxy and a cunning warrior. I can see it. I think it could have been punched up a little bit more on film. So who who's the who's that failure? Is is that is that failure on whoever did the sequel trilogy, or is that failure on George Lucas? Oh, it w- yeah, I, w- I wouldn't... This has nothing to do with the sequels to me. Yeah, it's definitely you. But, if, I mean, if it's if, if we want to look at Lucas, I think maybe he had a point in... in, in, in maybe he tried. Maybe he maybe that was peak Jedi for, for Lucas. Well, it's, it's like the kid who likes spinning, who can accidentally destroy yeah, that, this battle station. Yeah, that was cheesy. But, like, we're not talking about... I, I'm not even looking at uh, the Phantom Menace for, for Anakin's story arc. Because well, they, they for, set a for precedent, me it starts, though. With yeah, but the it virgins starts, in the force. Yeah. are like, look at this guy. Like, oh my god, the virgins. Like, ah! You, they show it on scale in a ratio. You're like, this is a normal force user and boom! It's Wait, a cure. You know what? I think, I think part of the thing that... that muddies the water a little bit is is having Anakin having the highest count of midi-chlorians and also mm. being the chosen one like I 
don't think those two things have to be tied together. Like you can be a, like they could have had a goat be the chosen one. <laughs> Honestly, they could have been. They could have had uh, whatever. Any, anything could have been the chosen one. But I think having Anakin be the chosen one and have the highest midi chlorian count, I think that muddies things a little bit to make it seem like only these ultra powered things can be the chosen one, which I I think runs contrary to the the whole message of Star Wars in, in in that anyone can be a hero. I think I think what we're gonna find out is that the the, the prophecy of the chosen one, and, and I mean what Mace Windu says it, you know, or so the prophecy says. It's it's just a MacGuffin for storytelling. Like, is he the chosen one? Is he not the chosen one? Is the prophecy true? Is there missing? Is there a part missing of the prophecy, which we'll probably find out that there was? And we got the whole prophecy now. It came out recently. They they, and it's very mysterious. I think it, there's there's ways to interpret it, man. Well, look they're, again. They're, they're not going to retcon Lucas on that. Of course, they're not. <laughs> of course they're not. Just, they won't. They're not. No, they won't. No, of course not. <laughs> Corey, let's not let's not be stupid. They're not going to do that. They're absolutely I'm not, not going to say gonna they're going to wreck on it, but they they can definitely reinterpret things and have his blessing. And you know, he had episodes seven to nine planned out too. Yeah. So did he? <laughs> he has said a lot of things. You can that, find any that? Lucas quote to satisfy <laughs> whatever argument you're trying to make. Yeah, exactly. Confirmation bias. He has you said start that, from a point and and look look through everything he said and find something that that matches up with it. Again, he, like exactly. he, he spoke yeah, with Mark that, Hamill. That goes for the prophecy. But maybe I don't know. I I I cannot see them revisiting that. I won't say they'll go there directly. But they can definitely go there indirectly. Oh yeah, I, in, I I was having this conversation with um, Adam Lance Garcia on on Twitter. Like, yeah, I think you know, I don't think they'll make Ray a chosen one, but I think they will give her the same feats and have her accomplish the same ends as a chosen one, and just not call her that, just so that we don't have to draw that one to one comparison, or say or or cry retcon or something like that. Or again, like tie it all together. It makes sense that Ray is that because Anakin was this and somehow they're tied together because of. Yeah. I, mean, the other, I think one of the things that, that bothers me a little bit about fandom is is that we, we come to define characters, especially the Force-powered ones, by their powers and abilities. Which I don't think mm. makes sense. They're not video game characters. We only, like, no, I, I disagree. I feel like there's definitely some Jedi that are destined to be more powerful. Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. But we only talk about their character in terms of what powers they have. Which I think is is a little bit nutty. Characters are more than just their abilities. Yeah, it's their motivation. It's their backstory. There's there's, there's so much. Their mindset. Yeah, but we don't we don't do that. Like, think about all all of the the hair pulling and, and like people f- going frothing at the mouth about how Ray doesn't do training. It's a bad character. She doesn't do any training. Yeah, it's the Mary Sue thing. Like people are latching onto that, and it, and now it's like they're they're trying to they're looking back at things with a confirmation bias and trying to 
trying to make it, you know, just validate the point that she's a Mary Sue, but in reality, she's not more powerful than Anakin. We haven't seen, except for that that Matrix jump. But even that Matrix jump uh, in the in the teaser trailer is still not comparable to Anakin jumping out of a. No, she's definitely as powerful, man. Like, think of it, man. It's been about. <sighs> Corey, that's your opinion, man. Like we don't it's know, we two haven't months, seen it, bro. Two months between the Force Awakens and the, the Last Jedi, the end of the Last Jedi, at most. Mm. And she, like, what like she's doing in a two-month period, at a few days, what she does in that few-month period, it's kind of uncanny. So I get where people are like, oh, whatever. But like, you have to understand that, like, she just gets it, man. It's her destiny. Her density. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just, yeah, that's, that's just one thing that, that bugs me a bit is, you know, we're, we don't talk about the, the character's heart. We just talk about how many li- rocks they can lift or how many, how many, how good they are with a lightsaber. It's, you know, that, that's one piece of that character. But we, we seem to make I, it. I think they're the both intertwined, man. Well, it's it's, it's, a heart, big, it's a the, web. It's a whole web of things that comprise a character. But we talk about force powered people as if that's the only thing that matters. When it's when it's explicitly not. When you look at Anakin and him throwing Palpatine over the side, it's his he's missing a hand. You know, it's it's the fact that he's chosen the human side of himself and just carries this old wrinkly fart and just tosses him over the side. He didn't pull up. He didn't force call the lightsaber to himself, and engage Palpatine that way. He just he dra- grabbed him, walked him over, and threw him over the side. Like Chewbacca could have done that. And, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not the power, the, the 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 thing that he trained for as a Jedi. It's not anything that he did as Palpatine's uh, minion for, for all, all those years that allowed him. To, to throw Palpatine down a hole. It was being a human being yeah, and making that, that choice. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, that, that was, that was he, he attacked Palpatine with the one weakness that Palpatine was not expecting. Yeah, he was like, slum dunk, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you know well, what? I think, I think we're going to... We're going to see that play it again, play out again in, in The Rise of Skywalker. I think Force Powers at the end of the day, in the final, final, final moments of the f- climactic battle... Aren't going to matter. It's not... Exactly. The Force Power thing is going to take a back seat, and it's going to be a very human act that is going to be the key to it all. It's not going to be, you know, spinning around with a lightsaber and and, and jabbing somebody through the chest with after this... I don't know, 780 flip through the air. Race and Avatar. She is Anakin. It's not, it's, it, victory won't be achieved through like mastery of the force or, or, you know, conquering everybody with a force power. It's, it's going to be something innately human that wins the day. You can write that down now. It's going to happen. So, yeah. Did, did, did we go way off topic with Dan's question? I think that answers no. it. Yeah. I think it's deep. I think we could always come back around to it. I think we will. And, um, yeah, I'm happy uh, that we uh, we took a first stab at it. Absolutely. I, I think there could have been more. 
something a little more crazy. You mean with Anakin? Yeah. Something like where you're just like, oh, like, oh, now I get the bubble thing. Now I get the bubble thing? Yeah, the virgins. The bubble. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) It's like you see it, man. It's like, oh, my God. Like, you're just like, this kid's going to do crazy things. I think he kind of did some crazy stuff. He did, but I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, like, something just nutso. Like, I. I would have liked to have seen that on screen, to be honest. All right. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying I disagree or that you're wrong, but I, I think we got it. Uh, I think we got Anik, the Anakin that we should have gotten, and we and we got a little more with the Clone Wars. Anyway, we're going around in circles. Let's stop that now. Uh, that's it, Dan. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you, everybody, for the, your questions and your input this week. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 177. Again, the email, if you want to participate in the show by sending in your questions, it's tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, then uh, please don't for, please uh, leave us a review on, uh, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll read them in uh, a future episode. Also... The best way to help us grow is to share this episode with your friends who want more Star Wars in their life. Let them know. Let them know about Tumbling Saber and tell them that uh, maybe we might be doing good podcasting and that they should give us some of their their headspace. And shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 endorsed program, which of course you can learn more about at Emotionally14.com. He endorses a bunch of really cool podcasts, uh, as only Rob Wade can. And you should check out what he's doing over there, not only at Just Talk Star Wars, but at Emotionally14.com and on the Crazy Train podcast, where uh, if you like, like I've, I, I like to say, if you, if you like laughing, you'll like what they're doing. So go check that out. And also be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We've got eight great shows. Everybody's doing fine, fine work these days as always, so check that out on iTunes as a podcast provider or our home base on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and uh, that'll do it. So with all that out of the way, fellas, uh, Carlos, social media, where can we find you? You all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CCandidoMusic. Search for Carlos Candido on Facebook and give my Facebook page a like. Uh, If you want to support me on Patreon, you could do so at uh, Patreon.com slash CarlosCreates for as little as $3 a month. And uh, you can subscribe to uh, the Thinking Out Loud podcast network on iTunes or on Spreaker uh, and um, also on YouTube, uh, Thinking Out Loud podcast family on YouTube. So check that out. Check it out. Corey. Yes, you know. You can find me on Twitter, the one, the only, Chop Rules with a Z. And uh, yeah, join our uh, closed Facebook group. It's kind of fun. It's, 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 yeah, it's kind of fun. I finally it's, got that splinter. Right. I've, been, I've been digging at this splinter all episode long. I finally just got it out. Uh-huh. Man, that was annoying. And you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Tumbling Saber, as well as on Instagram at Tumbling Saber. And like Corey mentioned, in our closed Facebook group, which we encourage you to come join. Uh, but that's going to do it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll catch you next week in episode 178 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys later. 
May the force be with you. My age. 